any of the kids want to come up and sing? This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice, and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is Welcome to our church. We have a gift for our visitors at the Connection site. Please fill out your friendship card for any prayers or concern, or just so we can get to know you. It's, it's fun to be part of the welcoming committee here at Hamilton Center. Probably have already noticed. Um, those friendship cards are really, really important. They let us know, they do let us know that you're here, but they also let us know other things about you, um, how we can contact you if um, you're interested in any information about what's going on in the church, um, to get a newsletter and those kinds of things. If we have that info, we can do that. And uh, the regular, you know, in addition to the regular worship schedule resuming next week, we also have breakfast starting up. And breakfast is awesome here. Breakfast happens, um, happens all morning long and you want to be able to um, um, to join us for that. And we need old tennis balls. Um, we've had the preschool wing and the office wing as well, but especially the preschool wing, um, the floors re-waxed and completely refinished. And we want to put tennis balls on the bottom of the chairs so that when the kids are sliding them around and moving them around, they're not damaging the finish on the floor. So if you've got old tennis balls, pre please bring them into the office. That'd be great. Will, we, um, shall, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day, for the opportunity to gather together here to worship you. We know, Lord, that when we come expecting to meet with you, that you do meet us. Be with us, Lord. Bless our worship and make it be a blessing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would stand as you're able and join with us in singing, My Hope is Built. Yes. Yeah. 
you? Will you greet one another with the peace of the Spirit? God's peace be with you. I'd like to invite any kids to come on up. Any kids want to come on up? Any kids want to come up? Come on, guys. No kids want to come up this morning? Oh, here they come. Come on, guys. Come on. Good morning. So it's the last weekend of summer. How many of you are going to school next week? How many of you have never been to school before? Yeah, yeah. So, so do you think when you were, before you had gone to school, were you ever kind of scared about it? Yeah, in between? Have you ever been scared of anything? Like what are some things you're scared of? The dark, yeah, that could be very scary. What else are you scared of? Spiders, yeah, I'm not crazy about them either. Yeah, yeah. So if you, if you who've been through, is, is there anything to be scared of with school? And going to school, you think? You think somebody, it, it would be something you'd say, yes, you're right to be afraid to go to school the first time. You're gonna meet new friends, yeah. It's gonna be a good experience, isn't it? So, yeah. There's new friends, right. You're gonna have a great time. You don't really know what to expect too much because you're not in charge of the whole thing. But when you get there, you know it's gonna be a good time. But if somebody was really nervous and scared about it, you think you could really safely say, don't be afraid, it's gonna be okay? You think you could tell them that? Yeah? Why do you think that is? Why, can, why do you think you can tell them that? Because you're not scared because you've done it. You've been there, right? So if you can imagine Jesus, God of the universe created all things and he's been there and he knows, he knows how it's gonna go and he tells us, don't be afraid. And so because he's been there and because he created it, we can trust in him. And whenever we're starting to feel a little anxious, we can reach out and we can hold his hand and God is right there with us whenever we start to feel afraid. So if any of you start feeling nervous, even like with spiders and things, just know God's with you no matter what. Okay? Any of you thankful for anything? If so, raise your hand if you want to share. No one wants? Yeah, you want to share? Okay, what would you like to share? My dinosaurs. Your dinosaurs. That's a great thing to be thankful for. Anyone else? Uh, what? Yeah. My cat. Your cat? Right. Well, let's pray. Thanks. Lord, we thank you for dinosaurs, for cats, for our families for school and all the new opportunities and friends that everyone's going to make. We thank you especially for being with us no matter what. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And then you guys can go off to church school.
It is a wonderful blessing to um, gather together to this morning and worship. And I'm just um, thankful. You know, the children are thankful for their families and for their friends. And we all are thankful for those things, aren't we? For those people in our lives who love us and that we can love. Um, it, it is such a blessing. And we come together receiving the blessings that God has given us, knowing that nobody blesses us like God. Let's give back to the work of the Lord out of thanksgiving for what God has done in our lives as we bring our gifts, tithes, and offerings to the Lord. Father, we do give you thanks and praise. We come before you with grateful hearts, grateful for all of the blessings you pour out into our lives, grateful that we have a God who cares, who loves us, and who makes a way for us to be in relationship. Lord God, we just ask in Jesus' name that you bless this offering. Give us wisdom to know how to best use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. We pray that through the work that you have given us to do, the ministry of this church, many will come to faith in Jesus Christ and be saved. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. 
Amen. Please be seated. We have the joys of the season, the joys of the seasons changing, coming up, and getting back into that, um, the routine, you know, the routine that goes along with school being back in session and vacations kind of being over, and we feel like we can fall into a, a different uh, kind of a rhythm of life. And it's time to do that as the times and the seasons do continue to change throughout the year. And we're blessed by that. And we have all those joys in our hearts that we bring before the Lord, knowing that God rejoices with us. Um, we do want to call to your attention a few concerns, though, um, that we want to make sure that we're, have folks are in prayer about. And um, please in, let us know in the church office if there are any concerns that you have that you'd like lifted up in prayer as well. Um, Edgar Minder's sister, a Mary Lou Gelfaller, um, we need to be, keep her, their family in prayer on the death of her husband, Rudy. That's um, a sad thing for that family and that loss. And there are a number of people um, in, the, in the church in the next couple of weeks, um, the next month or so, who are going to be having various kinds of surgeries, um, some that, that are uh, more serious than others, but all surgeries are serious, and we want to be keeping our brothers and sisters in prayer. We have folks who are recovering from surgeries who are with us right now, recovering from all different kinds of, of things. I know you have those in your hearts as well. And um, so we want to lift all those things up. And we have um, received word, and I'm, I'm guessing you probably heard on the news, that um, one of the churches in our area that does wonderful work for the Lord and, and has many people um, coming to the Lord, the chapel at Cross Point, um, was vandalized yesterday morning. Early, there was a Molotov cocktail um, thrown through their front doors. And um, uh, we understand that there was about $10,000 worth of damage done. They are having worship this morning, praise God. And, um, and we will keep them in our prayers. And um, we'll, the, the staff is going to be discussing this week what this church may be able to do to um, um, give them um, some, some assistance with with their needs, and um, keep them in prayer, and all of our churches. Um, we are living in a very um, difficult time where people are not treating each other very well and are causing harm to one another. So let's take these concerns and the joys in our hearts and those that are in your hearts and turn to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, you know what we need before we even ask. We are so grateful to be able to join together in prayer, to participate with your creative power in this world, knowing that you hear us and you answer our prayers according to your perfect will in your perfect time. Lord God, we lift up all of those who are sick and infirm in need of recovery of all different kinds of physical and spiritual and um, emotional problems and illnesses that we have, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name that you touch them with your healing power. 
give wisdom to their doctors and their nurses and all of the other folks who are caring for them. Give them of all kinds. We just pray in Jesus' name for comfort. We pray that when each of us encounters those who are in need of a comforting word or just a hug, Lord, or a word of encouragement, we pray that you would give us words, words that are helpful to us. We pray by your Holy Spirit that you send them comfort. Lord God, we, we pray for our children and all of those who are going to be returning to school. Some have already, Lord. We pray for all of them that you would open their hearts and their minds to receive the learning and the instruction that you have for them. We ask that you would guard them from those things that are not coming from you. We pray in Jesus' name for their teachers. We pray for the bus drivers and the folks who work in the cafeteria and the custodial staffs of all of our schools, Lord. We just ask that everyone, everyone who is involved with, with our children, that they would be blessed, that they would have wisdom that comes from you in dealing with each and every child. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. For Christians who are enduring persecutions of all kinds, whether in this country or elsewhere in the world, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that your assurance would be with them, that you would help them to know by your Holy Spirit that they are doing what you have called them to do. If any of them is not, Lord, that you would call them to repent and come into line with your will. But Lord, we pray for those who are being harmed unjustly. We ask that you would send comfort. Make them able to be good and faithful witnesses for who you are and what you have done in the world, what you offer to the people of this world. Father, we pray for all of those who don't know you, and most especially for those who seek to do harm. We just ask in Jesus' name that you would draw them by your spirit, that you would give each of us in our churches hearts of forgiveness, that you would draw them to repentance, Lord and help them to see who you are and to come to salvation. Now, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that as, as we hear your word, as we continue in our worship through um, listening and through singing and through hearing the message, Lord God, that it would be a blessing to us, that we would be transformed in some way called and drawn to be more like Jesus. We pray that the word would wash over us, 
pray for Pastor Sherry as well as she brings the message that you have put on her heart for us this day. We pray that you would anoint her and empower her to deliver it as you have called. We pray that all of our worship would be a blessing to you and that we would leave this place empowered and encouraged to be a light in this dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord? never get to read the word around here. Yay! <laughs> I get to preach and I get to pray. I get to do all kinds of things, but reading the word, that doesn't happen too often. Praise God. This morning's reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. President is secure. Tony, I'm clearing the area. Nice work. Ready, sir? What do you mean, ready? I got you. Relax. I got you. Just look at me. 
I mean, it can't reach any further, and you can't stay there, right? You gotta let go. You gotta let go. I'll catch you. I promise. <laughs> I'll catch you, I promise. And he missed. Let us pray. Lord, there are areas in our lives where we are afraid and are not fully trusting you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and reveal to us the areas in our lives where we need to step out in faith, trusting in you. Lord, give us your power, your courage, and your strength to do so, so we may experience the many miracles you have planned for our lives. Amen. It was about uh, three years ago, a little longer than three years ago, and I just we were on the mission trip with the youth, and at the end of each week with the mission trip, we do a fun activity, and we decided we were going to do, do whitewater rafting. Now, I had whitewater rafted years before at Letchworth, and that was really fun, and, and it's not scary at all because, you know, if you get into trouble, you can actually step out. It's about this deep, and you just move the boat. It's no big deal. Uh, the year before, we whitewater rafted, and it was a lot of fun. Woohoo! Right in the waves, yo! And it's great. So I'm almost thinking, hey, whitewater rafting, this is like gonna be an every year thing. No big deal. This is great. So we're getting in the boat. We're all strapped up with our life preservers. We've got our helmets. We've got our paddles. And we're in, the, we're in the bus heading up there. And you know how, like, in an airplane, they get up and they give you all the rules and how to do it? And nobody really pays attention. But <laughs> for some reason, there was something in the look in this guy's eye and the way he was speaking that made me go, hmm, I need to listen to this guy. And thankfully, I did. Pull your knees up. Make sure, because otherwise, your, your legs will get caught in the rocks and you could drown. When you, get, when you get trapped underneath, you make, gotta make sure you get to the edge of the boat. Okay, all right, still gonna be fun, yeah. So we get in the boats, and we're all divided up into separate boats. Uh, my son is actually on a separate boat with all the rest of the boys and a guide. I'm on a boat with a bunch of youth and a couple of uh, adults, and we're getting out there, and we're paddling. Now, the thing is, you have to follow your guide, because they, they said that if, if the boat goes the wrong way, you could get trapped and you could get sucked down in. If, if, so your guide is saying, you have to paddle right. Okay, now you got to paddle left. Okay, right. And you got it. And, you, and they're screaming, go, go. So we're getting to the first one. And, it's, and, and we're going and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, all right, here it comes, here it comes. And we're paddling. And we're like, go, go, go. See, the thing is, that year, the rains had been extreme. And the waters that were normally just a lot of fun were super high, and the waves were violently strong. And our boat flipped over, and we all fell out. And I got trapped underneath. And I'm underneath, and I've got this much space for any air. And I'm, and I'm not a swimmer. I'm, I'm honestly afraid of water. And I'm trying to... <laughs> And they're trying to get out to the, to the side of the boat. And I'm tucking my legs up while I'm trying to swim at the same time, thinking there's rocks under there. And, the, and every time I'd get to the side of the boat, the waves would take the raft and go, and I'm in the middle again. And I'm trying to get off, and I'm trying to get off. And finally, three different times this happens, and I finally get to the side of the boat, and the boat flips over, and I'm grabbing onto the side. And Carissa, God bless her, she swims up, and she grabs on the side. She goes, don't worry, Mrs. Mahar. God's got us, and bam, I get hit by a wave again. I'm like, ah, God's got us. Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah, he does. In the meantime, a 
up underneath the raft, we, I see this material floating up underneath there. And I'm, I started thinking, it's one of my kids. One of my kids is trapped under there. And, I, and I'm starting, we got to get it. Well, who's under there? Who's under there? And it ends up being that it was the guide's bag that had been strapped on there. And it was just, a, but in the meantime, I couldn't, because the waves were so high, I couldn't see everybody. <laughs> this was the first rapid, the first one. It was level three. The rest were fours and fives. Like, what's a five? A waterfall? <laughs> Are you serious? I went through the rest of the thing, knowing my son was on a totally different raft. I had no control over that. And not having any trust in my guide whatsoever. Feeling completely unsafe, terrified for me, even more terrified for the youth that I was responsible for. And we had to go through what I considered not a fun experience. <laughs> and let's just say, whitewater rafting, off my bucket list. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been afraid? Have you ever really been afraid? I mean, yeah, I, I'm not crazy about spiders, that sort of thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of certain things, but really afraid. There are times in our lives when we're just afraid. This story in the scripture we heard today is about Peter, and we get a little taste of fear. But I wanted to put it all in perspective of the background leading into this. You see, the disciples, before this even happened, had already been in a boat with Jesus, and they were in this huge storm, and Jesus made the storm stop. So they knew he could do that. They experienced his power. And then Jesus took his 12 apostles and he said, I am giving you the authority. You're going to go out and you're going to cast out demons and you're going to heal the sick. And sure enough, they were filled with his power and they went out and they were casting out demons and they were healing the sick and they were filled with the power of God. They were doing miraculous things. And then right before this story, Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. Miracles. They're experiencing firsthand. And it says that immediately after feeding the 5,000, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat while he dismissed the crowd. I thought that was a little weird, honestly. I was like, why would, why would Jesus by himself want to be the one in, you know, dismissing everybody and send them out alone? I thought, aha. Because right after you experience all these powerful things, you're going to head into some testing because God wants you to come stronger in your faith. And I believe Jesus knew this was going to happen and sent them out to strengthen their faith. So Jesus sends them out in the boat, knowing that a test is happening. Now, I personally don't like to be tested. <laughs> but in Romans 5, 3 through 4, you know, whenever I was thinking, why, why is this test coming? I'm, I'm reminded of this, and it says, we glory in our sufferings, which is hard, because we know that suffering, this is true, produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. So if everything was always light and easy, we wouldn't have a strength of character. We wouldn't have strong hope. We'd be very shallow. So the disciples are heading out to sea, and it's dark. And it's just like the waters for the whitewater rafting. It's, it says buffeted. The words in the original Greek, it means violent, torrential, tormented, horrendous. These waves, they're going over. They're 
wailing and paneling, and it's the middle of the night. It's dark. They're miles out. It's they're too far to go back. They're too far. They're not getting anywhere this way. And they, they're trying and they're trying and they're not getting anywhere. So it's dark and they're tired and they're really discouraged. Now, Jesus, in the meantime, says, you know, I want to get to the other side. I'm going to take the fastest way. I'm just going to go walking across. So he decides to go walking across the Sea of Galilee. And the disciples are paddling, paddling, paddling. They see something. It's like, ah, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Now, immediately, Jesus calmed their spirits. But why didn't they recognize him? Well, let's see. It was dark. They were tired. More importantly, it was unexpected. I mean, who would expect to see Jesus out in the middle of the sea? Who would expect Jesus right there at that time? When we start realizing that we're in the dark and we're paddling the winds and the waves of life and we're tired, are we expecting to see God? We need to be because Jesus is there, but we got to watch. Got to watch. Immediately, Jesus responds to their fear. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Now courage in the original Greek is very interesting. It's not just like, be courageous. It's actually be bolded, be bolstered within because you are warmed up. God was like the heat of the Holy Spirit warming you up and giving you the power to be bold. That is a great word. So Peter hears this. Take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. And Peter's like, this because again it's unexpected I'm not really sure it's it's really Jesus which is really a wise thing to do I mean if you're going through a struggle of some kind and you suddenly get this thing and you think it's God speaking to you it's wise to test that is it it doesn't match up with scripture does it do you have Christians saying yes that's I feel that's the way it's going is it match up with the Holy Spirit revealing things to you in prayer he's testing it and now Peter could have asked him any sort of questions he could have said so, Jesus, a bunch of people were just fed recently. How did that happen? If you're really Jesus, you'll know the answer. Or he could have said, yeah, so what, what, where's your favorite place to pray? Or what's your favorite color? You could have asked him any sort of thing. But instead, Jesus, or Peter asked Jesus to give him his power. Fill him with his miraculous power so that he could have the miraculous ability to be where Jesus was and do what Jesus was doing, which was walking on water. And Jesus said, come. Now, Peter's possible responses could have been, yeah, I hear you saying that, and I, I don't think it's you. I'm not going to go, no. Or he could have said, oh, it is you. But, you know, I was just joking about that whole walking on water thing. I just really don't need to be doing that. <laughs> I'm just perfectly fine in the boat. How many times in our lives have we been called by God to come and we choose not to? But Peter, because he knew Jesus, because he believed it really was Jesus, and he had a faith built through relationship and experience, believed that if Jesus told him he could do something, that he really could do it. Remember, he had the authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick. He'd just seen this miracle with the 5,000. He knew Jesus had power. And so Peter takes the leap of faith and got out of the boat. God, that is huge. Now, if you can imagine, if you can imagine, you're in the boat. 
You're in the boat, and you've got these waves, and the waves are going, and the waves are going, and you find out it's Jesus, and you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, oh, I'll miss the boat. Oh, no, no. But he got stepped right out into the water, and he went toward Jesus, and he was walking on the water. But it says that when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to sink. And he called out, Jesus, save me. Now immediately Jesus reached down and saved him. And he said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And I put myself in Peter's position. I'm like, seriously? A little faith? I'm sorry. I, I got out of the boat. I stepped onto the water. I was walking on water. I was doing it. I had faith. I had great faith. But you know what, Jesus? I was walking on faith. And I could feel my feet being wet. My waves were still crashing over me. The wind was still hitting me. The storm was still circling around me. And frankly, it felt like you were going to drop me, and I started to question whether or not you were going to really be there for me at all. So yeah, that's when I doubted. That's when I doubted. Peter had great faith, but doubt comes. And when does doubt come for Peter, and when does doubt come for us? It comes when God doesn't do what we want or expect. See, when Jesus came the very first, at the very first part of the story in verse 27, and he says, take courage, be emboldened by my spirit, be warmed by my spirit. It is I. It is I is actually translated I am. It's the same way that God refers to himself all the way through the Old Testament. It's not just Hey, don't worry, guys. It's just me. It's Jesus. Don't, don't be afraid. It's be emboldened by my spirit. I am. I am the creator of the universe. I got this thing. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, we start to question, though, does he really have me? Is he really in control? We expect God to do what we want, the way we want it, as opposed to what God wants. When we're praying, and we say the prayer, the, the Lord's Prayer that we do every week, how much do we really feel, and how much in our personal lives do we really feel it when we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done? Because really, most likely, more than often, we're coming to God. We say, listen, God, did the research, figured the whole thing out, got a plan. So I need you to bless that one, make that one change their job. That one's going to heal that, and this one's going to get better. And this is the way it's going to work. Right? It's very hard to say, God, I'm placing everything in your hands, and Whatever happens, I know you got this thing because we want to be in control. But God is in control and not us, and God is not our magic genie that we cast our demands on. 
When things are not as expected, we need to trust in knowing God's love and God's promise for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But I got to tell you, I come to God with plans all the time. I got, my, I got everything laid out, and not once has it ever worked out the way I had it planned. If I were to actually say that when I was little and I laid out my life, it was going to go this way, I'd say, that no, it didn't at all. At all. But I can see God through it. Looking back, at the time there were really, really scary times. And at times, you know, I, I said I'm not a swimmer. And this, <laughs> this past uh, summer we're on vacation and I was talking to some people, I said, I said, you know, I'm not a swimmer. I mean, I just seem, seem to have a body that doesn't even float. I just, I can't get the hang of this thing. They're like, of course, everybody floats. It's like, no, I'm telling you, I don't even float. And they're like, okay, let's see. So we're in the pool. And I mean, but I go in the, yeah, I go in the pool. But I sort of, I mainly just walk around in a circle so I can get the dirt in the middle so I can vacuum it. You know, every once in a while I'll grab a floaty and, you know, I, I'm not a swimmer. Um, so I'm in the pool, and I'm yeah, 50 years old trying to do this, right? <laughs> I'm in the pool, and, and I'm like, and I go, and it's like, see, I start to pull, I, I start to sink, I start to sink. And they're like, well, you got to lean back. It's like, okay, so then I start to lean back, and they're like, well, you got to get your head wet. It's like, I don't want to get my head wet. I should be able to float without getting my head wet. I'm like, no, you got to be able to lean back, and you got to get your Now relax. Okay, I'm relaxed. Now breathe. <laughs> oh, okay. I've got the same. I'm floating. I don't know. This is, I, I fully expect I should be able to float without, without having to get my head wet. But you know, we're not able to float without our getting our head wet. We're not able to get through this thing without getting wet. The rest of the disciples, they stayed in the boat. Now, we are all, in many areas of our lives, in metaphorical boats. It's an area of our life where it may be dark, it may be that we're not going anywhere, it may be that we're fighting the winds and waves of life, and the boats come in many forms. It could be that you know, you're struggling with your job, or with where you're studying, or, or uh, the way you're leading your family, your finances, your relationships way you're maybe navigating some painful experience, how you treat yourself or how you treat others, or it may even be a sin that you've become really comfortable with, and you're in a boat, and you're being rocked around, and you're not getting anywhere, and you're paddling, and you're paddling, and you're paddling, and God's saying, I'm here. Come. Get out of that boat. Now, as I was mentioning any of those things, if throughout this you start thinking, hmm, yeah, that is there. It may just very well be the Holy Spirit saying to you, come. We've got to be courageous in that. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But how do we get the courage to get out of the boat? 
In Romans 4, 20 through 21, they're talking about Abraham and his strong faith. And it's in the Amplified Bible, this version, because it has the fullness of the word. English language doesn't do it justice. It says, no belief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promises of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as, as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he promised. As we praise and glory God. But how big is our God? God, if made in our image, which is what we really do a lot, is weak, is small, and has limitations. The great I am is greater, is stronger, and more awesome in power than we can even imagine. It's like the kid's song, our God is a great big God and he holds us in his hands. How big is our God? The other disciples, when Jesus grabbed Peter and they got egg in the boat, they, it says that they were, they, they were amazed and astounded, said, truly you are the Son of God. But in Mark 6, it said something a little different. Uh, it added to this, and it said, they were utterly astounded that they did not understand the loaves, but their hearts were hardened hearts were hardened. Now, there may be some of you here today who have started on a journey of faith, but in the process, the winds and the waves of life never stopped, and your hearts were hardened. You may be having a really hard time trusting in God, and you may be afraid to get out of whatever boat God is calling you out of. There have been times in my life when I've stepped out of the boat, I've stepped out in faith, and I experienced God, great power, do miraculous thing. It was, you know, you know you're doing the right thing. And actually, it, it goes, right? And there are other times when I stepped out of the boat in faith and the winds and the waves didn't stop. And I was tossed around and I began to sink because I started to be afraid and my heart I'll be truthful, was hardened. I didn't understand why God wouldn't have made those things stop. I couldn't comprehend why he would have ever allowed us to go through some of these things. I was disappointed with what God was doing in my life. And it really put a big block in my life. It took a long time. Sometimes I still struggle because there's so much pain in the world. But as I look back, I see God. So as I look back and I see God, then I praise and I glory God because I know that if God was there then, God is here with me now and God will be there. And each time I go through this, I grow stronger in my faith. I will never once say that I got it all together. I'm on a faith journey just like everybody else. And sometimes I'm heading in the right direction and sometimes I'm sinking. But Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust 
in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. There are times I've actually even stayed in the boat. You know, I was called to be a pastor 10 years ago. 10 years ago. And I looked up and said, no, I don't think so. That's kind of crazy. No, I'm not doing that. And God kept saying, come, come, come. And I get to the side of the boat and I think, no, I'm not doing that. But you know, after that whitewater rafting trip, when I experience, hey, God, where are you in all this? Why are we, why? It was at that time that my faith was strengthened and I said, all right, I got it. Okay. <laughs> I felt like God was saying, really, why aren't you trusting me? Come. And I said, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this thing. I get out of the boat and I try to walk on water. <laughs> and then... Now, uh, actually, God has called me to go to seminary. And when I first heard that, I was like, uh, <laughs> okay, I've got to test this thing. Are you really God, really God saying this? Yeah. Like, okay, so you know I have a family, right? You know I work over 50 hours a week, right? Yeah. You know I haven't taken a test in over 25 years, right? I was like, <laughs> this is terrifying. But I'm going, I'm signed up for seminary. Prayers, please. Um, yeah, because God throughout the entire process is saying, trust me. But the thing is, going forward, yes, I'm trusting in God, but I know I'm going to get wet. I'm ready for it because I know God is there with me through it. So you think, the thing is, when we're stuck in a boat, we're facing the winds and waves of life, and they will come. They will come. We have a couple choices. We can stay in the boat and struggle our whole lives, and never experience the miracles God has planned for us. Or we can step out of the boat, but we step out of the boat with our own expectations, placing what we want and what we desire on God. And when that doesn't happen, because it never does, have our hearts become hardened and sink. Or we can respond to God's call to step out in faith and trust God. Because we have a relationship with the great I am. And allow that experience to not get sinking, but instead strengthen us. Help us to grow more in our faith, in our perseverance, in our courage, that we have more hope. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if I didn't have Christ in my life, I would have been sunk and never coming up. It's not a Pollyannic version where we're going to pretend the storm is not there. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus, yes. But we know the storm is there, and we walk through it in spite of it, filled with the power of Christ. Because if we really believe that God does love us, we need to trust that God will get us through even when we don't understand it all. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We live in a broken world. We ourselves are broken. And it will often feel as if we're in the middle of a sea, 
stuck in a boat, fighting the winds and waves and going nowhere. Keep your eyes and hearts open for Jesus. You may not recognize him at first because life has become dark and you've become tired. But Jesus is there, and he is calling you, he is calling me, he is calling all of us to do something miraculous, something wonderful that he has planned for our lives. And it's going to take a lot of faith. It's going to take a lot of courage. But he's calling us out upon the waters. He's calling us out to step out in faith and trust that God is great, God is in control, God does love you, and that he has you in the palm of his hand, no matter how strong the winds get. Let our faith be without borders that hold us back so we can experience the miracle of walking on water with Jesus. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, Oceans.
He holds us in the palm of our hand, is walking beside us, carrying us through. Our whole lives are placing in His hands. and he will lead us into some miracles that we can't even fathom because our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is more powerful. He is the great I am and he's got this thing. He is in control. He is doing amazing things when we get out of the boat.
story because it gives me hope and it gives me strength but I'm also thankful for this story because I like Peter have sunk at times and I praise God that Jesus is there when it happens let us confess to the Lord Lord we are sorry for not trusting you for not giving you everything and for wanting to be in control. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our doubt. Fill us with your strength. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your courage as we hope in you. We thank you for your forgiveness and for your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When Peter began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! And it says, immediately, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. So hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and this proves God's love for you and for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.
matter who we are or what we've done or what's happened in our lives, God welcomes us. God welcomes us to come to the table, to come and receive from God all that God has for us, to partake in the salvation that God has granted and made possible. Everyone is welcome. If you love God, earnestly repent of your sin and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome to come to the table this morning. In the United Methodist Church, there are no barriers. It's all about where your heart is with God. If you want to receive the grace of God, come this morning and receive. Come expecting because God will meet you. You are welcome. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Thanks and praise, glory and honor are rightly yours, our Lord and God, for you alone are worthy. In time beyond our dreaming, you brought forth life out of darkness. And in the love of Christ, your Son, you set man and woman at the heart of your creation. You loved the world so much that you sent your only Son to bring us life eternal. Dying, he destroyed our death. Alleluia. Rising, he restored our life. Alleluia. And so we praise you, God, with the faith of every time and place, joining with the choirs of angels and the whole creation in their eternal hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We thank you that you called a covenant people to be a light to the nations. Through Moses, you taught us to love your law. And in the prophets, you cried out for justice. In the fullness of your mercy, you became one with us in Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for us on the cross. You made us alive together with him that we may rejoice in his presence and share in his peace always. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave you thanks and praise and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood. The blood of the new covenant poured out for you. Poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it. In remembrance of me. 
And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together with the confidence of disciples of Jesus Christ, the prayer he taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Will those serving this morning please come forward?
come worship God. Come expecting to receive the gift of life that God promises you, the gift of salvation that God promises you. If you like, you're welcome to light a candle and say a prayer. We'll also be at the rail for anointing with oil if you're in need, or just prayer with laying on of hands. Come, worship the Lord. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, Standing on the Promises.
when he decided to get out of the boat is that he would step over the boat and he'd be like, calm, serene water, nothing would be splashing. His feet would maybe even hover above the water and a light come down. Oh! Isn't that kind of what we expect? You know, hey, I'm following you guys. It's all supposed to be perfect. But the waves are there. When... When my kids were really little, uh, we took them to the ocean. And Joshua, I don't even think he was two yet. We had, were trying to get this family photo in front of the ocean behind. And the photo is, you know, the three, the DJ and I and Olivia smiling, and Joshua in my arms, clutching. I'm like, ah! because the sound and the sight of the waves freaked him out. So this past uh, summer, we went to the ocean again. And there's my 16-year-old son playing in the waves. They're crashing over top of him, and he's having a grand old time. The waves are going to come. They're there. The waves are there, and we've got to get through it. We can get through it with joy and courage and peace and strength that God gives us. To step out of the boat, may we all be filled with the Spirit of God to be strengthened, to take the steps to come and ride those waves. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace be with you.